In this session of Look at the Book, we're going to focus on First uh, Peter 5, 7, and 8, and make a discovery about how not to deal with our anxieties. But that discovery is, in a sense, secondary in this session to showing you a method um, that's very loose. It's not precise. And what I would call it is being on the lookout for common clusters of thought, um, groups of ideas that you find in different places in the New Testament and the way those clusters of ideas or thoughts are dealt with in that place in the New Testament sheds light on how the others are. So let me pray, and, and then I'll try to show you what I mean. Father, I, I pray that this Im- amazingly, in my experience, fruitful and illuminating and exciting, rich way of reading the New Testament would catch in those who are with me here at this moment, and that we would be able to make discoveries in your word that would deepen our faith and sharpen our insights and intensify our worship and embolden our obedience and our witness, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me just read this for you so we get the setting. Uh, Casting all your anxieties on him, God, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. We'll, we'll deal with the details of that in another session. What I want to see now is, is a cluster of things. So you've got anxieties here. You've got God's care here. You've got soberness of mind. And you've got watchfulness. And if we just look at what we have here, the soberness of mind and the watchfulness seem to be possible because we have dealt with our anxieties by casting them on God and trusting his care for us. So one way, the right way, the biblical way of dealing with our anxieties, which are real because there's a real lion roaring, trying to devour our faith and destroy us. So these are real. And the question isn't whether they're real or not. The question is, what do you do with them? And he tells us, put them on God. Actively, by an act of faith, put them on God and trust his care to deal with this lion here, okay? Now, but here's here's what I mean by the the uh, clustering of ideas seen in different places. When I see anxieties and soberness and watchfulness, they're triggers in my mind other places that I've seen like that. Or if they if they're not triggered in your mind because maybe you haven't read the Bible as often as I have, you can look at the little notes sometimes that are you know, put in the English versions that tell you to go to parallel places to see where these words are used, or more likely, 
you you use either your computerized concordance or some others where you look up all the places where anxieties are used or sober-mindedness is found or watchfulness is found, and you just try to find other places where this cluster of ideas. So let me show you what happens when we do that. So here's one of the places I thought of. This is Luke 21, 34, and the situation is Jesus is addressing the last day and the, the danger of being unprepared for the final uh, dangers of this age as the last uh, final day comes. Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the anxieties of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth. But stay awake at the last times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things. That would include that roaring lion, all these things that are going to take place. This is an escape, not by not being there in order to experience things, but having strength to overcome all these things to escape. So there's a clustering of ideas of watchfulness, drunkenness, anxieties of this life, wakefulness that's very much the same. Now, at this point, as I'm meditating on the connections between all of that, I notice, and you might notice something different and and even more insightful, but I notice anxieties of this life and drunkenness, and I wonder what's the connection between those two. Because they, they weighed down the, the soul. They weighed down the heart and make the heart sluggish and unable to, to do this strong warfare down here. And I, I noticed that anxieties surely incline people to turn to drink in order to dull their pain. Anxieties are so horrible that we don't we can't live with them and so one way to deal with them different from 1 Peter 5:7 is to drink and use drugs and then of course we lose our wakefulness and we lose our sober mindedness and then i thought of another one Matthew 13:22 the parable of the soils as for what was sown among the thorns The word that was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the anxieties of the world. So in Luke 21, you had had anxieties of this life. And here in Matthew 13, you've got anxieties of the world. And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, choke it. Weigh it down, make it unfruitful, make you unable to fight the fight of faith, strangle your faith. And then I asked, just like I did back there, what's the relationship between anxieties and the deceitful and riches? Yeah, riches. And I noticed, well, some people deal with their anxieties by drinking, turning to drugs. And others, probably millions more, deal with their anxieties by saying, I got to have more money. I got to have more money. If I could have more money in the bank, then my anxieties would go down and I wouldn't be as miserable and frightened and sleepless as I am. And that, of course, is a big lie. It's deceit. Riches lie to us. They're not the right solution. So you can see what I've seen. When I go back here now to the text that we are uh, first looking at, 
what I see is that there's three ways to deal with anxiety. One, by, um, let's just say drugs or alcohol, drugs, alcohol. So you can have anxieties because of a lion or money or health issues or whatever. I mean, Satan uses everything to destroy, devour our faith. You get these anxieties and you can deal with them with drugs and alcohol, which makes you not sober. So not sober. You won't be able to think straight anymore, or you can deal with your anxieties with uh, money, riches, which is so deceptive. The deceitfulness of riches, so deceptive. And then you can't be watchful. You're not watchful. You, you, You look at a mountain of money that you'd like to have, and what you're really staring at is the lion's mane, and he's tricked you into thinking that this mountain of money is going to take away your anxieties, and he's going to jump in there and devour you with your love of money. Or you can deal with your anxieties by God. You can cast them on him. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, the main thing I want you to see in all of this is that when you're alert and you look for common clusters of ideas throughout the New Testament where similar things like anxieties and God's care for us and sober-mindedness and watchfulness and adversaries are dealt with, lights go on to reality not just to any kind of artificial, grammatical, historical connections of clauses that make you sound like you're just a grammatical pedant, but rather it makes you real. It makes you real. People really do turn to alcohol to solve their anxieties. People really do turn to money, and and those make you foolish and weigh down your heart and not be sober so that you can't think straight, and they really do deceive you. There is a way to deal with anxieties, and that's where sermons come from for me. That's where devotions and articles and, and books and life comes from for me. And so I just commend to you this this method of just being alert to when you see a cluster of ideas, go ahead and let your mind roam across the Bible. Where are those similar ideas dealt with, perhaps differently, which will shed light even more on the realities we face every day?